Now, Asia First on CNA 938. China, as we know, and the European Union haven't always been the best of friends. Uh, trade is chief among the issues that the two disagree on. And uh, late last year, it did seem like they were at a crossroads. Today, though, it appears they're en route to improved relations. Well, officials from both China and the EU have met one another another several times uh, and in each other's respective jurisdictions. Uh, most recently, China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi spoke at the Munich Security Conference, where he urged European leaders to deepen cooperation with China as Beijing seeks to cement its position as a major player in global diplomacy. Well, most recently, um, yes, that, that was uh, the meeting between Wang Yi speaking at the security conference. We also know that he is headed to France and Spain next. Uh, let's bring in Chong Jiayin. He's Associate Professor for the Department of Political Science at the National University of Singapore. Professor Chong, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, welcome to the show. Now, France and Spain are the next stops for Wang Yi on his European tour, quite a whirlwind one at that. Uh, where does China want to take its relations with the EU through this courtship? And more importantly, why now? Uh, right? It's national uh, mother. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well yeah, then. Thank you. So, um, so I think with uh, Wang Yi's visit, uh, the PRC has been trying and has been trying quite hard to improve uh, relations uh, with uh, the EU. One of the reasons for that is because it is clearly you know, facing um, some pretty serious challenges in its relation, uh, relationship with the United States on many fronts. So there's the economic front, um, there's the technology front, and there's the um, security front. So it's trying to work with others and the European Union being collectively a another sort of pretty big and important player uh, it is a, a focus of the uh, PRC's sort of outreach efforts. Right. Now, one of the uh, aspects you mentioned is the economic challenges that China is currently facing. is a rather significant one, in fact. Um, how urgent are its efforts to repair relations with the EU that might possibly help with its domestic challenges? So uh, the PRC is looking at a situation where its uh, uh, inward uh, foreign direct investment as the lowest in 30 years uh, to get a boost to its economy is seeking investment. It's also seeking technology. So one of the elements of the US uh, PRC relationship right now is that the US is trying to block uh, certain key technologies from going into the PRC. So as an alternative, the PRC is looking to Europe, but um, because the technology also touches on security issues, uh, whether this gets into uh, weapon systems, you know, the EU is actually a little bit hesitant to uh, make these transfers. But, you know, there are other issues that the PRC and the EU can work on. This include uh, areas of trade, um, having to do also with subsidies. So I think those relatively um, less tricky areas is what Wang Yi is trying to work on. So one of the things I think that was announced quite recently was a um, lifting of uh, restrictions on uh, Spanish beef. Mm. And indeed, uh, the trade restrictions are what we wanted to ask you next, Professor. Now, the, the EU, of course, has long accused China of unfair trade practices, a lack of transparency for doing business. Uh, what adjustments has China made thus far in response to these, uh, for the lack of a better word, grievances? And, and would China be willing to accommodate more, perhaps, in order to gain that technology that it so badly needs? 
needed um, to boost its own local chip making industry, which it which is its ultimate goal. So the PRC maintains that it is um, acting in accordance with uh, international trade rules. Uh, so a lot of what is going on is subject to negotiation. So this so that's a little tricky to tease apart because some when it comes to negotiation, some of it is posturing, right? You're trying to get a better, be in a stronger position relative to the other side. So some of it is posturing. Uh, some of it is actually sort of looking at areas where the PRC can loosen things up, however, so, such as with the beef. Uh, but I think where um, the real sticking points continue to be things like uh, electric vehicles, whether they are getting subsidies, uh, and uh, what's uh, on the plate right now is also whether um, rolling stock manufactured by uh, the PRC are getting subsidies uh, when they get exported to uh, to the EU. And those, I think, uh, we haven't heard uh, many announcements, so my my suspicion is that those things are under discussion at this point in time. Mm, indeed, and uh, we will keep on top of that here at CNA and CNA 938 as well. Uh, separately, so we know the EU is more than willing to impose trade, restric- trade restrictions on China where needed. Uh, they've made no bones about that. But at the same time, uh, they are also worried about a Trump presidency over in the U.S., particularly after his inflammatory remarks about NATO members. Uh, and that's a real fear that they have. Now, how can China actually take advantage of this opportunity while addressing the threats that uh, it has uh, to its delicate relationship with the EU? There's quite a bit of a balancing act that China has to commit to, I imagine. So the NATO... Uh, element is a bit different from what we've discussed before. Also, because while many EU members are within NATO, they are separate organizations and they uh, address different sorts of uh, concerns. NATO is primarily a security organization, and for the EU uh, or EU members that happen to also be NATO members, uh, the real concern here is the security one, right? Whether the um, a prospective Trump presidency means a weakening of the U.S. security commitment. Um, and there, it's not just a trade issue anymore. Uh, it's about what they can do to dissuade Russia from further aggression. And so why it's different in uh, in terms of uh, the PRC is because uh, the PRC, of course, has this strategic partnership uh, with Moscow. And so far, uh, Beijing has not demonstrated a real ability or willingness to reel Moscow back in. And I suppose that's something the Europeans will want to push Beijing on, but I'm not sure Beijing is uh, willing to give in there. And I'm not sure Beijing is willing to make a connection with uh, trade and economic issues on that front. Well, in the last few years, especially, Beijing has been making efforts to portray itself as a credible international mediator. First, we saw it in the ongoing Ukraine war and now the war in Gaza. Well, China is, of course, also close to Russia and Iran, which are key players in those two conflicts. You noted China's role in the Russia-Ukraine war. Has China been effective in its role in Gaza? Let's talk about that conflict for a while. And how much of an advantage does it have with this role as it seeks to uh, improve ties with both the US and the EU because both of them have also been pressuring China to do more to um, to talk to its allies or its friends in those conflicts and um, hopefully get them to temper down their contribution to that conflict. So the PRC has uh, made uh, noises toward the fact that it wants to see a ceasefire um, and it has historically had uh, much better 
uh, relations with um, with Hamas and you know also indirectly through Iran. Uh, it's been building its relationship with Israel. Uh, however, it appears that the rhetoric aside, the PRC hasn't seemed as effective or active, in fact, uh, in trying to broker some sort of peace. Perhaps it's working behind the scenes. We don't know. At least uh, the sort of active mediation efforts so far uh, don't really involve the PRC. Now, the question that it raises is how much um, leverage Beijing actually has uh, with actors uh, in the Middle East uh, at this uh, on this point. I mean, we saw that we saw them broker the deal between Saudi Arabia and Iran, but um, you know, what else can they deliver? That's something I suppose the world is watching and waiting. Indeed. Uh, so is it a matter of capability or interest from China to truly be an effective, uh, I guess, negotiator or mediator in the two conflicts? So I think if you look at the um, uh, Iran-Saudi Arabia arrangement, I mean, there we have a situation where the two uh, protagonists have reached a point where they were looking for some sort of out, and uh, the PRC provided a means to do that. Uh, we don't see the uh, the main protagonist in the uh, Israel-Hamas conflict reach that point. Um, and so perhaps the PRC is less able to find an opportunity. Plus, a lot of uh, the PRC's connection with Hamas seems to also come through uh, Iran. And if Iran doesn't seem willing to back off at this point in time, uh, on the Hamas side, not much can be done. And on the Israeli side, um, frankly, at this point, no actor seems to really be able to persuade the Netanyahu war cabinet uh, to back down. Well, on another front now, a delegation of uh, U.S. lawmakers led by Mike Gallagher is reportedly planning to visit Taiwan, and they'll reportedly also meet with uh, President-elect William Lai. A response from China? Highly likely. Will this be a setback to the repairing of U.S.-China relations? I actually uh, don't think so. Uh, I suppose Beijing will have expected that something of this nature, uh, of this type of a visit, would have happened anyway in the wake of uh, Taiwan's presidential elections. I think uh, Beijing will find that it has to show, uh, make some uh, show of strength. Uh, but ultimately, the U.S. position is to simultaneously demonstrate support for Taiwan while assuring uh, Beijing. So that has been sort of the U.S. threading that needle has been uh, consistently the uh, U.S. position uh, for, for a while now. So I suppose it comes down to whether Beijing feels it needs to make a point, uh, given the current friction that is occurring uh, around uh, Tiananmen Island uh, after a, a pretty tragic boat incident over the, uh, over the last week. Indeed. Uh, Professor Chong, I'm afraid we'll have to leave it there, but thank you very much for spending time with us this morning to walk us through uh, uh, Foreign Minister Wang Yi's whirlwind European tour, as well as touching on that visit uh, to Taiwan by the US delegation. We wish you a good day. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Uh, that is Chong Jiayin, his associate professor at the Department of Political Science at the National University of Singapore. <laughs> 